What is happening, party people, and welcome to Talking During Movies 2022. You know, I took some time off for some personal stuff, and, uh, you know, maybe down the road here one day we'll, uh, we'll address that. We'll talk about those things. In fact, I know it'll come up because we'll have some friends on and everything else, and, uh, you know, they're going to want to talk about it. And, of course, you know, just, yeah, we'll talk about it. Anyways, that said, I want to thank you for your patience. I want to thank everyone who reached out uh, over email and just asked how I was doing. Uh, the direct messages on Instagram, all very kind. I'm good, folks. But the concept or the, the thing was and what I wanted to do, and you're, I'm fiddling around. I'm in a new place here and I'm trying to get comfy. I apologize. Uh, you know, what I'm trying to do is I, just, you know, I wanted to bring you guys some entertainment. I wanted to have some fun. And my brain just wasn't there. It wasn't in that place to, to talk about fun and have a good time. And that was going to waste the time of the people I was going to interview. That was going to waste your time. You don't want to hear some old man sit here crying and bitching and complaining when really, if you look at the, the grand scope of my life and everything, guess what? I'm blessed beyond belief. I mean, I got y'all listening, which is very kind. I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed in, in, that, in that aspect. Uh, you know, I've got great friends. I have great people that help me with this podcast. I have great work colleagues. I, I'm, I'm surrounded by amazing, talented people. And before we talk about the movie and get into that, I do want to say, you know, I want to give some love to uh, Scott at Colorblind Design, who does the Tactical Six Packs, you know, uh, He's awesome. He's more than just, you know, a guy who helps me out with this podcast and gives away amazing six-pack coolers that are just custom and fucking perfect. But he's a dear friend, and I've gotten to know him and his family, and uh, I'm just I'm so blessed. Man, I'm so blessed. You know, this podcast has really uh, opened up a lot of doors for me and allowed me to talk to a lot of amazing people and, and meet a lot of amazing people and, and make some some really really good friends and, and Scott's one of them and the other one is you know the hairy artist man I mean if you guys could see the messages if you could see my smile and if you could just see the messages man Harry he's constantly just moving and grooving and he's got so much going on and the way his brain works is I mean he's a he's a digital wizard I say that everyone's like oh right. I mean, he's a wizard he's he's crazy talented but he's got vision that other people don't have I mean the reason I like working with Scott and the reason I love working with Harry I love working with Scott I shouldn't say it like that I love working with both of them 
But the reason I do is simple. You know, they've got vision and they've got a style and, and they have a way that they see the world that's just fantastic. It's different. They don't, they don't copy anyone. They see things and they just go after them and they're driven. I mean, Harry is driven. Scott is driven. They inspire me to do more. But you know what? When I talked to them about everything, they, they said, dude, take a month, take whatever you need. Uh, hopefully you come back. And here I am. We're back. And we're kicking off this with a movie I've wanted to do for a while. And I'm so excited about this movie. And this is, first of all, it's got one of my favorites. Uh, it really is one of my favorites. I just He's, he's a great comedic actor. I, I love him for what he does. Uh, Ken Marino is he's awesome, right? He's absolutely fantastic. And this 2013 movie with a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 58 percentile and an audience score of 41%. The often copied, never duplicated, here it is hitting it out of the park. Rated R, comedy horror film, you gotta love it, Bad Milo. Now, if you guys don't know what Bad Milo is, let me tell you, it's a doozy. And this is talk about thinking outside of the box. I mean, shit, Roger Ebert gave it a review. You've got to love that Roger Ebert is looking at this going, all right, you know what? Let's talk about this. I mean, I have a monster up my ass. This is the farthest thing from a metaphor. That line pretty neatly sums up Bad Milo, right? I mean, that's exactly what it is. This is a movie about a guy who feels like he's got some indigestion, but he actually finds out he has a monster up his ass, a real live monster up his ass. And that got me thinking, because, you know, we talk about funny butt stuff. I always, uh, you know, you guys have heard me talk about my talents, if you will, um, in my ability to process certain things and, and not get the repercussions. And I'm going to talk about something as well where I don't, where my talent fails me as well. I think this is very interesting, too. We're going to talk about this because I've been doing some some changes in my life, if you will, and I'm noticing some things, which is quite fascinating. But, uh, you know, this is, um, this is just, it's, dude, we got to talk about, we got to talk about butts, which is always fun, right? We, you know, we, we're, we'll talk probably, we'll, we'll touch on the fecal mat matter transplant. You want uh, someone's ability to process, right? Yellow scientists, you just, boom, fecal, you put your, their poop in your butt, and you get their gut biome, and it's little more than that. I don't want to see you guys in fucking Starbucks sharing poops in the restroom, all right? That's not what I'm talking about, all right? It's not about getting some, you know, a turkey baster full of shit and squirting it up someone else's butt, and there you go, you've cured them. There's a little more science to it, okay? So let's remember, I'm not a scientist. You're not a scientist. Maybe you are. For sure, I'm not. 100% I'm not. So let's take my advice coming from the place where it is, the butt, i.e. I'm full of shit, okay? That doesn't mean we can't have some fun and talk about some butt stuff like fecal matter transplants or the purposes of butts as well. We're going to dive into, you know what, you know, some things you didn't know. Like, for instance, what people thought lived in their bodies and their butts, all right? We're going to look at 11 interesting facts about the butt. We are obviously going to talk about this movie and we're going to talk about poop. Another one of my favorite things to talk about, 22 poop facts. We're going to go through all the poop, all the facts, all the fun, and we're going to talk bad Milo. I mean, this is the world of 
awesome. First of all, I do love Ken is, you know, we're at the office, he's hanging out. Obviously they're going through some explosive growth, having some fun. And uh, Ken is being moved into the restroom. That's where his new office is. And he's got an office mate. It's quite exciting. I, uh, I really enjoy this, you know, this, this kick at corporate America right here. And, and what a good time, you know, listen, if you want to step back in and, and look at, you know, how, uh, how some businesses can treat employees and how they, you know, and, and how they knock them down or, uh, hit them at the knees. You know, this is, this is a great one to revisit when you look at the treatment of people, you know, you've got that new, uh, I don't know how new they are. I shouldn't probably call them new, but you have the, the fuck it, I quit people on Instagram, right? And they're always posting all these interesting quips of how people have quit or why they've quit or isn't it amazing that, you know, there's plenty of employment opportunities at, you know, jobs over $20 an hour, but it's hard to find anyone to work under $20 an hour. You know, it's just, it's, it's interesting stuff. And my thing is, is always very simple. You know, I don't, I'm not in the business to uh, tell companies how to spend their money. I'm not in the business to tell CEOs how to spend their money. I mean, I joked around. I was on the phone with uh, the wonderful people at Amazon, the customer care people who obviously don't get enough money. That's for damn sure. Uh, but, you know, once again, I guess they don't have to work there either. I mean, they probably do. I shouldn't say it like that. Right. They deserve some more money. And I, I think I told the gal, I was like, hey. Why don't you tell Jeff Bezos to stop flying dicks into space and give you guys all a raise? And she goes, I'm going to send that quote to corporate. And I said, I'm sure you're not, but God bless you. I'm sorry you're working hard. I'm frustrated at certain things, but that's not you, right? So, and it's not. I mean, this poor gal, she was trying her hardest. She was, uh, you know, trying to get out there and um, help me. And there was just, there wasn't really a solution. You know, sometimes they just sell shitty products and you get them and they're shitty and then you got to return them. And Amazon doesn't like you to return them and it makes it, uh, well, it makes it quite a mess, if you will. And anyways, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. But you've got this giant corporation making all this money and then you've got these people not making as much or people think they should make more. And uh, I would say to the market and to the people, you know, the simple solution is create a competitor and pay people more money. I would say the bigger solution is, and the bigger idea is, and we're going to get back into butt stuff, but I, I want to get this off my chest if you don't mind. I, I think what we really need to do is let's look at the stock market. Let's look at how we rate and how we reward companies. And then let's really think about where their money goes. Does their money go back into helping society? Does it go back into their employees and helping their employees? Because happy employees, well-paid employees, obviously are happy people outside of the corporation in some capacity. And they're doing better things, right? They have more time to do better things. They are, they're, they're accessing uh, a piece of their life that is, that is different, uh, that you know, is, is work-related, but at the same time maybe empowers them to uh, do something different outside of work. You know, um, I just, for, there's a company that I work with, you know, and they've got this model of we all rise together. And it's, it's, it's about recognizing your weaknesses and then figuring how to be better and then you know recognizing your strengths and where someone else is let's say weak in that area you can bring them up right you grow together and it's it's a beautiful thing uh i wish more companies were like that i wish more companies focused on on people on their strengths on their weaknesses and how to make them better and then also when you're better and you're more well-rounded right you're a better person out in society you're a better person out in society society and culture are obviously better there's less stress 
there is less idealism of of who you are or um, you know what you're doing, and you're not you're not feeling torn of well, I've got to do nine to five, then I'm exhausted, and then I can't help the people I want to help. And yeah, there are little programs out there. Of, we'll give you a day, a quarter to you know feed the homeless or build a house, and that's cute. But I would really like to see a, a much more well-rounded approach that that the markets drive. You know. It, can my stock prices go up because I'm giving back to society in meaningful ways? Can my stock prices go up if I'm paying my people above average wages? Can my stock prices go up if I'm reinvesting not just in the community and where my headquarters are at, but in the communities where my businesses reach? You know, I was joking around with a buddy of mine. He's got an experience firm, a very smart kid. Uh, I call him a kid because he's younger than me. Hey, listen, if you're two days younger than me, you're a kid, all right? It's just, it's me being silly. But uh, I said, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, Jeff Bezos has a chance once a year with the greatest distribution network and supply chain network we've ever seen. Jeff Bezos has the chance to be Santa Claus. Now, I'm not saying he's not being Santa Claus behind the scenes. I'm not going to assume that Jeff Bezos isn't doing good work and giving away lots of his personal money or his time or anything else. I don't know the man personally. I'm not saying that. I'm speaking at this out of a experiential uh, piece. You know, WestJet up in Canada did a thing years ago where people are getting on a plane and they got to walk by and they got to see Santa. And they say, tell Santa what you want. And he's being like, what? Well, the people that did it, some kid asked for a TV person asked for socks, a person asked for, you know, a soccer ball, whatever it was. When they got off that plane and they went to baggage claim, what came out of baggage claim? Their gifts. Exactly what they asked for. Exactly what they asked for. And the guy who got socks, that guy cried because someone listened. Now you take that to a global level and you don't, you know, obviously you're not going to, you can't give to everybody. And I understand that, but you could play Santa to a lot of different places and you know you could you could really give back in a, in a, in a beautiful way there was a, a group that I worked with uh, in Costa Mesa California Micah CDC they took over an abandoned not abandoned they took over an empty office area and they turned it into a store and in this uh, poor community they gave people vouchers and everything was 99.9% off so but you could only buy a certain number of things, right? So if you had five kids in the household, I think you got 10 tickets. So that's two gifts a kid. But these were real gifts. But here's the important thing, and this is what I really want you to wrap your heads around. Currently, in, or generally, the system is, right? They go to the church, the church runs this fundraiser. Hey, we need 10 basketballs, we need uh, 20 backpacks, you know, and they go down the line. We need some Barbie dolls, we need this. and you. And, you are very nice people. You go out, you buy this stuff, you drop it off at the Salvation Army, the church, the local school, wherever it may be that you, you choose to give back. You drop all that stuff off there. Amazing and good for you. Good, good job. Well, did you bought them that gift, right? So then those, those, those gifts are delivered and it's kind of handed off like, hey, here you go. Here you go. This is for you. Well... You know, it's, I'm, it's awesome that the parents get a gift, or that, that the kids get gifts. That's awesome. But the parents didn't choose them, right? So there is, there is this separation. You know, these parents are seeing their kids get these beautiful gifts. And at the same time, they're also, uh, you know, they're probably a little sad. 
because they weren't able to buy those gifts. So this, this group, MICA, the way that they created this system, guess what? The parents bought the gifts and then we wrapped them for them. So these parents legit went shopping for their kids. Yeah, there was a huge discount, but they saved their money. So they saved $5, they saved $6, they saved $8. They get to go buy real products for their kids, the ones that they want, the colors they want. You know, they get to buy all those things. And the pride and the joy and the tears, it was gorgeous. And you're like, well, Jay, Christmas just happened. This would have been great to talk about a while ago. Well, we've talked about it a couple times in the podcast before, but we're talking about it again because now you can start planning. Launch these in your community, man. Get these businesses, get these churches and people, get the tin basketballs, get the Barbie dolls of all different kinds and, and, and colors and styles. Get all the, get the bikes with the different colors, the scooters, whatever it may be, get them. Get them all donated and set up a store. And, and if you need help with the program and how it works, email me, talkingduringmoviespodcast at gmail. I'll help you out. We'll get it knocked out, but this is a cool way to do it. Jeff, you could do this as well. You know, um, Amazon could, uh, you know, uh, Target could, Walmart could. I mean, uh, there's a lot of companies out there that could do this, right? They just could. But, you know, hey, they choose not to. Or they're doing it in different ways. I shouldn't say they choose not to. I don't know their charity system. I don't want, I never want to assume the worst. I want to assume the best. So let's assume the best that they're doing something. And instead, I'm just kind of spitballing an idea here uh, that would be, well, different, a spin that would empower the people a little bit more, give them, uh, you know, a, a little more oomph, uh, just a little more joy, if you will. All right, I got to tell you this, Ken right now, man, this is the second time in this toilet he's had some epic, epic deuces, horrible farts. His girl is now, he's, he's shitting so loud, she's taking a sleeping pill and put in earplugs. I just want to let you know that. Sleeping pill and putting in earplugs. He is biting down on a magazine trying to drop a deuce. This is amazing. And the little monster that comes out. First of all, hey Ken, I want to say great acting. It looks like you're having a power shift. It absolutely does. And you know what? I wanted to find out because um, I find it interesting, right? Biggest, you know, what what's the biggest poop in the world? And there there's some there's some thing there's some stuff out here, right? Uh, there's some bizarre facts out here. So generally speaking, first of all, you type in biggest poop in the world and Google drops out. 29,400,000 search results. 29,400,000 search results for biggest poop in the world. Just want you to feel that out. So, the Corpolite was found in 1972. I haven't talked in a month. Well, I've talked, but not like this. You can, I'm just, listen, the Christmas is going to come back. And we have some exciting guests. Let's get back to the biggest poop in the world. Uh, by the way, Milo's butt pirate there, uh, his little butt monster, uh, Ken's little butt monster, is destroying a man in the restroom, his office buddy in the shitter. Just murdered him. And now he's coming back. And I think he's going to crawl back up in his butt and just, you know, take a breather. Hang out. One second. Got to take a drink. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good day. It is, it is. So, biggest poop. 1972, beneath the site of what is yet to become the York branch of the Lloyds Bank and may be the largest example of fossilized human feces ever found. 
measuring eight inches long and five centimeters or two inches wide. Eight inches long, two inches wide. You're like, okay, that's interesting. Okay, it's at the Viking Center. Okay, not bad. But then you've got which the fact checkers at Snopes, and now we got to get into the fact checker game. Is it an opinion? Is it a fact? We don't know. But the world's largest poop, they say, is 26 feet long. The human poop was uh, 26 feet long in 1995 by a woman in Cranbrook Kingswood High School bowling alley. I mean, this is the largest dump ever taken, 26 feet long. I mean, whoa, that's amazing. That is, that's, listen, everyone's saying it's false. Yet as you scroll through all of these things, you will find, you know, uh, biggest poop. Biggest poo on record is from a parasite-riddled Viking. Here we go. An enormous poop. And they've got it, I mean, they've got this fossilized. They've got this poop on record. That's right. On record. A Viking pooped it. So you got to think. There you go. Who pooped it? The Viking pooped it. Very, very interesting. Good work on the Vikings. Not only kicking ass and taking names, but they're the kings of the poops. They're the king of the cacks. They're the big poopers. That's right. All right, here's some fun poop facts. I think we need to go over here because these are, some of these are very interesting. Some of them are odd, but they all, it, it shows, and this is one, you know, I mean, Bad Milo obviously didn't win an Academy Award or anything, but our fascination with poop and butts, right? We've got this fascination with them and there's a disgust, but then there's also this awe. I mean, farts, I always, I tell my daughter all the time, she rips some wretched farts. And I'll look at her and I'm like, you know what that is? That's just one of your poops burping. So I tell her, I'm like, a fart is just a poop burping. Nothing else. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. All right, so here's some fun, fun facts about poop that you may not know. Number one, Neil Armstrong, if you want to believe that, let's say, the Earth isn't flat, if you want to believe that the man went to the moon, then let me also play the if you want to believe he left four bags of poop on the moon in 1969. And what does this tell us? It tells, pardon me for the burp. It tells us something very, very simple here and easy. We're natural pieces of shit litter bugs. Whether you're Neil Armstrong flying to the fucking moon, we can't help ourselves from just destroying shit. All right? Look what we're doing to our planet right now. All the litter. You know, uh, we're like, oh, we hate gasoline. Yeah, let's do, uh, you know what, let's step over here and let's make batteries. Well, what happens when the batteries break? Oh, it's super toxic. It's going to fuck that ground forever. It's like, well, but yeah, but we can breathe the air, but then you can't grow. Oh, well, we'll, we'll figure it out later. We're just destructive and we're messy and we're dirty. Destructive, messy, and dirty. And people are like, oh, come on, we're getting better. Well, in 1969, in our biggest scientific experiment of all time, our number one job was to get to the moon. For some reason, Neil Armstrong's number two job was number two, and then leaving four bags of shit on the moon. Was it a weight thing? Were they big deuces? Was it diarrhea? Is it like shitting on a bus? Or you're like, hey, you guys, no one poops on the bus. You can piss on the bus all day long. You can piss on the private jet. No one poops on the plane or the bus. Is that the same thing with whether it's a space shuttle or, uh, you know, whatever, a rocket to the moon? Is that the thing where you just, you don't poop? But then you're on the moon, you're like, well, fuck it, we're going to poop. Let's poop on the moon. Let's leave four bags of shit on the moon. 
I mean, if the aliens come by, they're going to look at this and go, these fucking litter bugs, we're not letting them leave Earth. We're not letting them leave the Milky Way and go cruise around and hang out and drop deuces everywhere else. These are horrible people. They're, they're just, these aliens are the worst, the absolute fucking worst. Look, they're, they're, they're leaving their own shit on the moon. It's not enough. You got to put a flag there. Now you've also got to drop a shit there too. Four to be exact. Come on, Neil, you're better than that. Number two, former President George Herbert Walker Bush had a portable toilet seat sent to Austria. Now, this is weird, right? So he had this thing sent to Austria, uh, this toilet seat set, and it was for one reason, so that they could collect poop, so that he wouldn't be leaving his poop behind, because they were afraid that a foreign intelligence might try to trap and examine his waste material to better poison him or attack him in some capacity. Ooh, man, he's getting the old proctology exam right now, Ken is. And let me tell you, they're cruising up the butt and they're not finding anything. All right, and here it is. You know, uh, this is in, um, you know, in the poop facts, right? We already talked about this a couple times, but it says the largest recorded poop was 26 feet, right? 26 feet. Oh my gosh. Okay, you guys, we got to stop here. So, they're doing the proctology exam and all of a sudden, well, it was a dream, but all of a sudden, you know, he's like, can I see it? Can I see it? Where is it? He's cruising up the butt, cruising up the butt. And then all of a sudden, bad Milo pulls, pulls the doctor, pulls his face right into Ken's asshole. Ha And eats his face. Obviously a dream, still very funny. Mount Everest porters shall, Mount Everest porters schlep 28,000 pounds of poop each climbing season. Good Lord, people. Not only are we just climbing to the top of the highest peak on planet Earth, but we're also shitting on it. Oh, our fascination with leaving shit everywhere ceases to amaze me now. It's one thing to, you know, go to the moon and throw some bags of shit out. And, you know, it's another thing to not pick up your dog shit. It's another thing that San Francisco has a fucking poop app so that I can walk through the city without stepping on human shit. But now I get to throw in the fact that we're also, we're shitting 28,000 pounds of human poop. 28,000 pounds? Oh my gosh. And, you know, a lot of the waste is dumped into the uh, Gararak Shrep, a frozen lake bed. And so that, you know, that's going to contaminate the water supply. And there's an estimated 17,000 pounds that's left on the mountain each season. Yeah, nothing grows there. It's snowy and cold, but you want to slip on a frozen turd? Is that what you want to do? Is that where you want to be? You want to be slipping on a frozen turd? You fucking weirdos. Come on, man. Why? Pick up your poop. Pick up your dog's poop. Pick up your own poop. These are pretty simple things, I thought. You know, I mean, if it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow. But you also have to understand that shit trickles down. There's people living below you. You arrogant climbing fox. You're literally shitting on people. You're shitting up and it's tumbling down. Tumble, tumble, tumble. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Down it goes. Water supplies. People getting pooped on. There's a lot of stuff. It is wild. Stop it. Stop leaving your shit everywhere, you psychos. Jesus. Louisus. Oh, this is getting disappointing. Also fun. And it looks like uh, Milo's trying to come out of Ken's butt again. 
get him, Milo. He's at the therapist's office, and I think this therapist is going to get eaten by Milo. Oh, oh man. You wonder how far the anus can stretch to give a realistic portrayal of the size of Milo. Here he comes. And by the way, Milo looks like an angry... He looks like if a gremlin was shaved bald and then given some really crazy teeth and hands. But he definitely looks like a bald gremlin. And he is going to now kill the therapist. He's fighting him. The therapist, for some reason, has an has a ancient spear. Quite a therapist. He likes to tickle your face with a, with a flower or with a feather. And he's got an ancient spear. This is not the guy, that I think, that gets approved by insurance. And he's attacking the therapist by biting his ass, which I think is hilarious. You know, and now he's trying to wake his buddy up to be like, his, his client up, I should say, to be like, hey, this just came out of your ass. It did, it did. Well, it's got a place to live. It's got a host. The host is Ken. Milo is the um, anal fisher, but it's jumping out and uh, just, you know, killing everyone around him. Fun fact, no matter how firm or unfirm your poop is, generally speaking, 75% of your poop is water. Uh, so when we talk about a water shortage, maybe we should talk about, you know, cleaning up the, the hard from the water, you know, and really uh, getting out there and getting after stuff. Just a thought. Now, why is your poop brown? Well, usually that's just, that's a chemical thing, right? It's called a uh, sterocobalin and it makes your poop brown. It's a hemoglobin broken down from the red blood cells mixed with bile and fluid. Now, what does the color of your poop mean? This is important. And I actually went through a little scare. I'm still kind of going through it, right? I'm, I'm pooping a lot of blood. I'm thinking it's Ari Shafir style stuff, right? That's what I'm thinking, but I don't know. My microphone is, my microphone's been off the whole time. Damn it, Jason, now watch this. How are we doing now, folks? Are we doing better? I'm probably sound a shit ton better now. God bless. So what happens when you take over a month off? Your professionalism goes, you, you, you just you miss little things. But I'm not starting over. Keep this going with this poop talk. All right, so the color of your poop. What does the color of your poop mean? Brown, normal and healthy. Yellow, you probably got an infection, liver or gallbladder issues. Green, that means you've got a lots of leafy green antibiotics. Red, blood in your stool. That was me. I'm still shitting a lot of blood. Uh, you know, it's to, trust me, the toilet's bright, bright red, and sometimes it's dark red and kind of a black red. Not good, I'm told. Uh, white poop, pancreatic disorder and black poop, upper GI issues. So I'm hitting the red, the black, and the brown. I've got three of the colors. Uh, I've had four, I've had green poops before, but I'm, I'm really sitting in that three world. Now, why do women not poop as much as men? Uh, you know, um, ladies often, they'll be like, oh, I poop once a week, twice a week. You know, there's like, that's just how often I poop. And you know, I poop three, four times a day. I know, that's why I stay thin. I poop and lose blood. These are, the, these are not health benefits. Poop, lose blood, work out. Do that, only eat meat and cheeses and nuts. Meat, cheese, nuts. Poop, lose blood when you poop and work out. These are not health tips. These are just, this is the world I live in. But women, you know, they've got additional organs. They've got more internal organs, right? The uterus, the ovaries, there it is. We don't have those things, guys. Now I know this is a this is a this is a very very controversial things to say that women and men are biologically different, but they are. Y'all ladies got more organs than we do, and 
guess what? Your colons are about 10 centimeters longer. So your poop has to move farther. And that, along with the extra organs, can be a problem, right? So, you know, it's just, it is what it is. However, it's also funny, women poop faster, men poop slower. I think it's because we're trying to escape and hide. But hey, the ideal poop should be a continuous log that stinks. That's the perfect poop. Uh, I've had those before. Have you ever had the no wiper? The no wiper is really the winner. That's winner, winner, chicken dinner. The no wiper, right? That is the one that you gotta, gotta get. You do the big poop, you got a nice splash, you, you take the one, and it's not a no wiper, but you take one wipe and that's just the toilet water and then there's no poop on the toilet paper. And you're like, it's a one wipe, I consider it a no wipe job. Like the first wipe is always a check of how messy that backside is. And then you get the bidet out, do a spray, and then you do, you know, you clean up. But let's go through the poop chart, okay? Hard, small lumps, right? That's constipation. Lumpy like a sausage, hmm, not very, you know, hey, that is a mild constipation. Sausage shape with some cracks, normal. Smooth or snake-like, that's normal. Soft blots with clear cut edges, well, you're lacking fiber. You know, mild diarrhea is mushy and ragged, and of course, you know, shitting through a screen door, severe diarrhea, that's just all liquid. That's, I think, more 70 than 75% water. But once again, not a scientist. You know, there's an evolutionary reason to blame for why humans think poop is gross, by the way. Humans disdain poop and consider it gross due to evolution. I'll tell you one person who didn't think poop was gross, Joan McAfee. You see that? Did you, did you watch that documentary where he would sit under ladies and just nom 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 and just let them poop in his mouth? Just, oh, it makes my mouth water. I might throw up. I might. Oh, yeah, that's not, that's not a good... You think about it for a hot second. You really, they're like, we'd sit in a hammock and we would just poop and just bloop. And as we pooped, it'd go right into his mouth. Oh, yeah, you nasty sons of bitches. Nasty. So biologically, humans have, have uh, uh, adapted psychologically to stay away from infectious disease. Since humans and other organisms waste contain bacteria and even parasites, this avoidance behavior to poop is a protective measure. Although, can you eat your own poop? I thought Dr. Drew said you could. Do not quote me on that. I just thought Dr. Drew said you could eat your own poop because there was a guy on uh, the podcast, your mom's house, who was pooping. Uh, on, he was having diarrhea poops on his French fries and then eating them. He was a, uh, yeah, it was very disgusting. I did throw up when I saw that. On average, FYI, how often, how often is your poop burp? About 10 to 20 times a day, your poop's perfect. And people poop anywhere from three times a day to three times a week. I'm in that, you know, I'm in that very rare air of 7.6% three or more times a day. Now the average, 47% is, you know, you poop once a day. 28% twice a day. Once or two times a week is 5%. And then everyone else there, you know, every other day is about 11%. Cows produce 500 liters of methane every day. There are 1.4 billion cows on Earth. Think about that. They're pumping out a lot of methane. You'd think we'd be able to farm that some way, get a little butt contraption for them and get that methane and turn it into you know, fuel in some capacity, but hey, who knows? Over half of China's freshwater lakes are polluted. And why? Poop. Poop, people. 
because we're just putting poop everywhere. A little poop here, a little poop there. Remember that Jack Black movie where uh, he did the spray and it created the spray that made uh, poop disappear so you didn't have to, uh, you know, do anything? Remember that? Yeah, well, guess what? They're going places, you know, and then obviously, you know, you like here in Austin, Texas, we've got a lot of dogs and, uh, you know, a lot of people scratching my beard, sorry. A lot of people out here, you know, they, they don't pick up their dog poop and animal shit is just as dangerous, even more dangerous than human shit. You know, dogs produce nearly 10 million tons of waste annually. Dogs. We love, we don't like shit, but we love animals that do shit. And we don't like to clean up the shit, but we like the idea of having shit. It's so weird. You know, you've got bat shit. That is, can be super dangerous. You got to watch out for that. Sloths do a weekly poo dance. I love sloths. Wombats crap nearly a hundred cube turds each day. And I believe, you know, if, if I were to guess, I'm going to say that uh, rabbits are right in there, right? Pandas, pandas, fucking hate pandas. And I'm not talking about the trash pandas, i.e. raccoons. I'm talking about pandas, you know, the big ones, the good guys out there. They poop 50 pounds a day. You're like, oh, gee, Jason, how many more poop facts we got? Well, we're going to jump over to something else, but I'm going to read a couple more here, right? Um, you know, architects must account for bird droppings. Birds can poop 50 times a day, depending on their size. And therefore, architects must account for bird droppings, especially pigeon poop, when constructing rooftops and skyscrapers. Can you imagine? You're in architecture school. You're hanging out. You're trying to learn about how to build the next great skyline. You know, you're, you're 20 years ago. You're sitting down with the city council. And you're talking about the great state of Texas and the beautiful city of Austin. You're like, we're going to change this skyline. This city's going to grow and explode. And we're going to do all, we're going to put these high rises over here. We've got this over there. And then someone in a city council meeting raises their hand. Yes. Yes. Tammy from Circle C. How can we help you? Have you guys, in everything that you're doing, have you thought about or accounted for in our new skyline in the buildings bird shit have you accounted for all the bird poop that's going to happen have you i mean mike dropped tammy from circle c good job and also well done and then you're gonna have that one architect who went to ut who goes you know what i did half a semester of, of, of bird shit calculations i know exactly what you're talking about and let me tell you, here are the ledges and here's what we do. Boom, boom, boom. You got to like this. So Ken is, um, his little poop monster escaped, right? He's at the therapist, poop monster escaped. Well, his poop monster is going back. He's getting back in there. And uh, now he's climbing back up in his butt. And it looks very, very painful. Coffee produced from cat crap can cost 600 bucks a pound. We've talked about that before. That's just absolute fucking ridiculous, right? It just is. Wombats literally shit cubes. How cute is that? Cubes. They poop cubes. So cute. It's got, you know, now I'm wondering. You really have to wonder, right? And you have to wonder, like, how? How safely? How safely can the anus... I'm going to see how well Google's listening to me. The anus stretch open hmm well how safely well, I'll tell you what 
there are 31 million, you know, we had 24 million on poop, right? There are 31 million on anal stretching. I mean, Jesus, folks, our love for poop, is it safe? It's all safe, but can, we, can I get to a number? How far can you go? Pretty far. The average rectum is roughly 12 centimeters or five inches long, but you're better off listening to your body than focusing on a number. Mm, come on, man. Yeah, I need a number. So here's the problem. These people don't want to give you a number like, hey, how to stretch your ass anus. Okay, well, how about how far can you stretch it? How far? Instead of maybe how safely, let's just go how far. I love this, right? How far can the anus stretch? Here we go. It's coated with um, muscles that the body uses to hold in gas or feces until they're ready to be expelled. Medical websites will tell you that the rectum is 6 to 8 inches long, 2 to 0.5 inches at its widest point. Vice, obviously, you know, pushing the envelope is like, what can you put up your ass? There's so much about the butt. We love the butt. I love the butt. Listen, the butt's cool, man. Butts are awesome. In fact, let's get out of the poop and let's get into the butt. And let's, let's talk about some things that maybe you don't know about the butt. For instance, all you people out there waxing your asses, did you know that hairy butts serve a purpose? There's a beneficial reason that hair grows on the butt. First of all, it prevents chafing of the cheeks when you walk around, you know, um, and it also has an evolu evolutionary function. Butt hair holds in your natural scent, which is primal and something that attracts others. Now, how much fun is that? Did you know your butt hair was attract butt hair was attracting others? Huh? Did you know that? Did you think about that? Shaving out your butt hair? Huh? You're in there. You're doing the squat in the shower, right? You're spreading your cheeks, you're balancing, you're trying not to slip on soap and forever cut yourself uh, with a, a straight blade razor right near your asshole. You're just being as careful as you possibly could fucking be, right? You're just trying. And what are you doing? You're removing a key object in the natural scent that allows other people to be attracted to you because you don't want butt hair. You'd rather have chafing. You'd rather have a red rashy ass than anything else. I, you know what, folks? You gotta keep your ass hair. You know, I, I'm glad we went through this phase of, of no hair downstairs only because I think it got rid of crabs. Like, I think we actually made crabs, the, the ones that live in your hair, the edible venereal disease. I think we almost made those damn near extinct, right? If we all went bald for a year, I bet lice would go away too. That's a fun thing. I wonder if the CDC would do that. I wonder if there's an outbreak of lice instead of getting a vaccination shot, if they just made everyone shave all of their hair. Like everybody in America or in the world just had to be bald, head to toe, so no lice. And then lice is gone. Would lice then be gone? I mean, with crabs, without the, uh, without the uh, pubic hair, right? It's, it's damn near gone. You can Google that yourselves. I'm not typing any more Google stuff. Bigger butts, and, I, and Sir Mix-a-Lot is, is a big fan of this. They might actually help people live longer. Research has suggested that a bigger butt could help you live longer. Fat in the lower body is generally more stable and does not break down as quickly as fat in the stomach and other areas. I'll tell you, I wish the fat in my stomach area would break down a little faster, you know what I'm saying? But the butt also plays a role in trapping in unhealthy fatty acids. It keeps them away from the abdominal area, abdominal area where you can, um, they can cause a variety of problems. So, you know, you think about it, Butt fat is good. It's protecting your body from other stuff. Butt cheeks, those beautiful little things that wiggle back and forth. You ladies like to look at a man's nice ass. We like to look at your nice ass. 
They make walking possible. That's right. Gorillas generally have flat bottoms as they don't need the muscle to walk around because they walk on their hands and feet. We just walk on our feet and therefore we, that's right, butt cheeks, got to make it possible. Got to make it possible. If you, and you gotta, I got to ask you this question, right? Think about this. The beautiful world of, you know, of, of weird things happening. If you had an animal, a demon, something living in your ass that was escaping at night, a painful entrance and exit, but escaping at night, would you turn yourself in? Would you be the person to go, hey, uh, I got to let you know, man, I, um, I, I got something horrible living in my butt and you need to keep me in jail. Could, you, could it be like a tapeworm that you could starve out? Like, could you not eat for a while? And then it finally comes out and then they corral it. And then, you know, you, uh, you go back to your normal life. Would you miss it? Would you consider this a curse to have a demon, animal, crazy, murdering, grim, hairless gremlin living in your asshole? Would you consider that a curse or would you consider it a superpower? I think both are options. I wouldn't throw one out without looking at the other. I'm just saying. Now, one thing that's fun is butts can get really big. Let's get back on butts real quick, right? There doesn't seem to be a hard limit to exactly how big a butt can get. Mike Ruffinell made headlines for her, or I'm sorry, Mikiel Ruffinelli's lady made headlines. Uh, she measured 8.2 feet around by her butt. That's a big butt, girl. I mean, Kim Kardashian's like, I gotta get me some of that ass. The butt, obviously the biggest muscle in the body. And we used to have tails, right? That little end down there, that little uh, coccyx, yeah, that used to be a tail. Didn't know that, did you? Now, one fun thing, and I, I think, you know, a, um, an interesting thing is you know, the, the spanking part, right? Uh, sometimes during, during a little foreplay, sometimes messing around, sometimes during sex, you like the spanking for pleasure, and there's, guess what? That's right. All those hard-hitting scientists out there, they figured out why. See, even scientists love butt stuff. They don't just like talking about the dangers of poop or the dangers of anal sex. They also like talking about why you enjoy it, why it feels good, why you like it, why you want to do certain things with your butt. Well, spanking's one of them. They like it. Obviously, there's a list of ingredients in poop we talked about and, you know, the water being the first. And here's the dangerous thing. And this is very interesting. Um, butt implants. And I, there was a thing on, there's a show on National Geographic called Trafficked. That's right, trafficked. And yes, they, in case you're wondering, yeah, they did a thing on butt implants. Yeah, a whole one hour episode on butt implants. You guys think I'm bullshitting here. Our fascination with butts, pardon me, is absolutely amazing. It really, really is. I mean, we have people out there who are doing legit shows, National Geographic, hard-hitting documentary, one hour, 10 episodes, but they're dedicating out of the 10 hours. They're dedicating hours and hours and hours to what? Yeah, to butt implants, the dangers of butt implants. Can you believe that? No. Let's see your BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed's got some stuff here talking about, you know, the women with a pair hourglass figure, bigger booties, are on average smarter than women with smaller butts. So ladies, if you have a bigger butt than a smaller butt, guess what? Generally speaking, 
according to science, bigger butts mean bigger brains means you are smarter. Hey, hey, huh? If that was true, Kim Kardashian would be, in, she'd be the leader of Mensa. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying she's an unintelligent person. I'm just saying, uh, well, hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, you get it, right? Kim Kardashian was accused of so many times of having butt implants. She got an x-ray to show that she doesn't have butt implants. Well, good for you, Kim. There it is, but that's the butt implants, right? And here's another report. In 2013, this is when it really started to kick off and actually people started to die. I mean, people, this is a serious problem, these butt implants, because they get expensive, you know, it gets expensive. But in, um, in 2013, over 10,000 butt augmentations were done. Our fascination with changing our bodies blows my mind. You know, folks, I, I, I really do mean this. First of all, never be with someone that doesn't like themselves. They always want to change something about themselves. You got to like you. I'm not saying you can't want to make yourself better, but you've got to also want to put in the work to make yourself better. You know, you, you, can't, you can't just keep going under a knife and changing yourself, man. Look in the mirror every day. I challenge people to do this. I've challenged Harry to do this, Scott to do this, my daughter, uh, people that I love and care for. I'm going to challenge all of you people to do this. Take a month every day, wake up, look in the mirror, look in the mirror and say, I love you out loud. Don't think about it. Just stand there naked, look in the mirror and say, I love you. You're going to win. JLo's butt has been rumored to be insured for about a billion dollars. Some turtles, God bless them. Guess what? They breathe out of their butts. They do. How cool is that? Would you breathe out of your butt? If you could, would you breathe out of your butt? That's very interesting. Um, you know, there's a Harvard study. Once again, Harvard assholes. Oh man, this little butt monster just crawled out of an outhouse. He's angry, they're in an argument, he's got teeth, they're fighting, he's shaking it off, he wants to get out there and kill this guy, and guess what? He's covered in shit now. Well, both are covered in shit, and he's like, come on, buddy, come on, buddy, you stay. You're not going to attack this guy. No. Love it. Absolutely love it. But Harvard studied uh, big butts, because they cannot lie, and guess what they found out in their big butt study? Maybe the reason women live longer than men is because they have bigger butts, on average, proportionally with size. Hmm. Out of the body part, women prefer to be complimented on their butts, according to a survey by 3,000 women. Hmm. The uh, Belfi, the hashtag B-E-L-F-I-E, if you want to search that on the Instagram, the Belfi is also known as the butt selfie. And according to a study by the CDC, 36% of women and 44% of men um, have had anal sex with the opposite partner. Interesting. That math doesn't work, does it? Let's see here. Of sexual behavior by the CDC, 36% of women and 44% of men had anal sex with an opposite sex partner. That noise would be my dog getting up because what he likes to do is make sure to interrupt everything that he can. What a shithead, I tell you. I love him to death, but God bless, he'll just piss me off sometimes. Uh, yeah, and you got the world twerk, you know, there's just, there's so much going on with the butt. There really is. It's an amazing thing. But more than the butt is what we think lives in our bodies, right? Or, you know, what, what actually lives in our bodies? What's going on in here? And whether it's something uh, like, 
Bad Milo, where it's a game and it's fun. You know, it's still this. This is based on. You know, there, there's part of this that you know how you can write this movie and and why you would want to watch this or what's going on. There's there's a history to all of this, right? So look back in history and let's think about what did people think lived in the bodies? And it doesn't have to live in the butt. I tried to find, you know, what demons or butt demons and some other things. And I got to say, that was very, very difficult. Uh, it didn't really come up. A lot of anal sex things came up. And then a lot came up uh, as it is concerned with or, you know, towards, uh, uh, I don't know, some deep, dark stuff. The I got a warning from Google that said, hey, FYI, you might see some explicit and dark things. So please, please, please be careful when searching or clicking on these links. I mean, when Google tells you that, you know there's a problem because motherfuckers at Google, they don't care. So here's what they're talking about, about things living in someone's body, right? Here we go. One, obviously, the three souls. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, does Jesus live in your heart? Do you love the Lord and Savior? Hey Mary, tell us about tell us about conception and childbirth. Oh, he's trying to put a mouse up his ass to feed Milo. That's a good idea. If you don't like your murdering butt demon going out and killing people, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? Well, he is trying to feed it mice. I kind of like that. I'm not mad at him trying to feed his butt demon mice. I do think it's weird that he's doing it in a restroom that's also his office. And I do think it's weird that his pants are down while he's talking to another coworker. I hope his coworker cannot see that his pants are down, but he's like, I and mean, he'll be right there. I'm sure he looks like shit and smells like shit. I mean, he's got poop stains all over his shirt. He looks very uncomfortable. And here come the feds. They're looking for evidence. They're shutting this corporation down at a bigger way. I like it. I love it. Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine, and uh, he of the Oath of Fame and his successors, the most notable, I'm not pronouncing that name, believe that the arteries carried a vital force called PNEUMA, a sort of heated air that was the source of both life and spirit. And that lived inside us. Heated air lived inside us. You know, common sense, obviously a little bit of a metaphor, but also something that people believed lived inside of you. You know, demons and ghosts. Yeah, this is, I mean, and this goes to, oh, church and religion and not understanding different things of, of the body and what's happening. I mean, you know, somebody has Tourette's and it's a demon that lives inside of them when really it's just, there's mentally something that, that happened, right? And it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah, I can't pronounce any, I love it when I get these things and I'm so excited to read them, but I don't read them in advance. And then the words are just not in an area that I can really pronounce things. I'm not my lexicon, right? But the father of microbiology, who was the first person to examine seminal fluid under a microscope, discovered spermatosa. He postulated that human beings originated not from the egg, but from the male semen. Obviously a male scientist giving a male angle and a male agenda on the male semen saying, ladies, listen, not only do I want to take away from you a whole bunch of stuff, but I also want to take away childbirth from you or, or the idea of you guys representing children, that you guys, you guys are the creators. Hell no, we won't go. I'm not going to let you say that you, you, no, no, no. Listen, obviously it takes two to tango, but you know, our father of microbiology thought that the sperm was the way, not the egg. That's the arrogance of, of men. I love it. 
The Balsam Serpent. The term Balsam Serpent was made famous by Nathaniel Hawthorne as the title of an 1843 short story about a man convinced that there's a snake living inside his chest. Ooh, now that's interesting. Very, very interesting. A snake living inside your chest. Once again, a little bit of darkness. You know, and then of course a combination of gut critters and uh, demon possession. There are some real critters that do live inside you. We talked about tapeworms a little bit ago. There's a story. I remember I saw this story of this guy. He was out hiking. Big fan of, you know, helping people out over the world. And he was in a third world country and he was hiking through, uh, through the forest. He'd lost a lot of weight. He wasn't feeling very well. Super hot. He just, you know, he would eat all these calories but it seemed like nothing was going anywhere. And he was trying to walk back to camp and man, he felt exhausted and through heat exhaustion, maybe a little dehydration, he passed out. And he woke up and he felt a, a tickling in his, in his throat, in his mouth. You know, kind of like if you have a long hair in your throat or mouth and you're trying to find it. And he found it and he pulled and he pulled and he pulled and he pulled and he kept pulling. And for 20 some odd feet, he pulled out a tapeworm. A 20 foot, I mean, could you imagine the restraint of slowly like pulling out, cook a bag of ramen noodles, but don't break them up. Cook them, get the longest one you can find and start swallowing it until it gets to the very back of your throat and just hold on to it. And then slowly pull it out without it breaking. Slowly pull it out without it breaking. There you go, there you go. That feeling for 20 odd feet and it's living, so it's not trying to necessarily exit. Oh, jeez. Finally got it out, got back to camp. Don't worry, they found like eight more of these fuckers living, living throughout his body. These tapeworms living inside of him. Not demon possession, but oof, still, it's there. Ooh, the bulging eyeworm. The Zetzel people of the highlands of the Chipas, Mexico, have an ancient medical tradition that goes back to Maya. Body invaders play a significant role in their belief system. Ooh, body invaders, just like Milo. Body invader, I don't think they're going quite into the butt stuff, but hey, there you go. Uh, and basically, it enters the woman's body through the vagina and takes up residency in her uterus. Every midnight, it suckles from the womb, drawing nourishment from its unwitting mother. Yeah, that's called having a baby. Little bastards, they'll get inside of you, ladies, and they will take all your nutrients. you got to be careful. You're having kids, they will eat all your nutrients. They are rascals. You know, you've got the poco, the frog, it's the same as the tetzel, it's a, but it's a, um, it's a frog that's implanted by a sorcerer. A frog-like fetus implanted by a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. And then a bonus, this one might have been real though, Russian archeologist and prolific memorist, Andrei Bolotov, Andrei Bolotov, 1738, 1833. Boros Natonets, Boros Natosa, we chase moose told how a Russian peasant woman came to him with a bloated stomach. She claimed it called him. A male sorcerer had put a toad in her stomach. Boltov wrote of her story as a superstition and gave her an emetic to help her bring up whatever was causing her bloat. She vomited a toad. A live toad. According to this man, she vomited a live toad. That's right. He examined the animal and found it to be blind with atrophied rear legs as if it had lived in a dark space for a very, very long time. Oh, you know, Milo killed his boss. He lives in his ass. Entering and exiting his ass is extremely painful. And now, 
Ken's on the couch, and he's snuggling Milo. You have to wonder when you're doing this uh, this movie, when you're reading for this movie, when your agent calls you. Like imagine being Camarino, right? Your agent calls you, goes, "Hey, I've got this movie. It's not a high budget film, but I got this movie, and it's uh, you know it's gonna be hmm, I don't know." It's gonna pay, let's say, five hundred grand. I don't even know if the, I don't know how much you got paid, but let's say it's five hundred thousand. You know, and uh, you got that boat payment coming up, or you got that car payment coming up. Let's uh, let's hang out. All right, let's do this movie. He goes, okay. Do you want me to read the script? It's like I think you know we keep this one a surprise. Keep it a surprise. Let's just try to keep it a surprise. It's like okay, well here, let's keep it a surprise. You go into the first reading. You're there, and it's a movie about a animal living in your ass killing people that you don't like and killing people that you might like and he's always a little sweaty this this guy is a little milo here a little bad milo here one he kind of looks his arms look like those turds you know that we were talking about that are the good turds but uh not so much you know and uh he's just he's just weird like i said he's a gremlin with no hair and big eyes and all he wants to do is kill people. That's all he wants to do is eat and kill people. That's all he wants to do and live in his ass. That's it. But imagine, like, I don't know, finding that, making this movie. This is, one, this had to be one of the most fun sets on planet Earth to be a part of. It really had to be one of the most fun sets. I mean, you have to imagine, that would be so, so awesome. Now Milo's completely trashed his house. And he's got, I mean, he's got to feed the beast. At some point in time, you got to feed the beast. You know what I'm saying? You got to feed the beast. And what they're not feeding the beast is people. And because they're not feeding the beast people, well, it's got to, it's going to go after him, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See? <laughs> I love the internet, man. I love the internet. Oh my gosh. All right, so let's talk about weird animal butts really quick. Well, we're talking about things living in butts. Let's talk about weird animal, the recent discovery of the comb jellyfish with a disappearing butt. Could you imagine a disappearing butt? Like you're just cruising along and all of a sudden, no ass. I was going to compliment you, but you have no ass. There's the flatworm, which has a longer name past that, has multiple anuses protruding from its back. Unlike some slacker phyla, we could mention who only bothered with one anus. This one has tons of anuses all over its back. Oh my gosh, there's buttless animals. You just, there's no place like bumps. I mean, this is just, oh, it's just amazing. Anal loss. There's at least one creature that can save its own arse by letting it go. The South American scorpion species has an anus right up near the poisonous stabby bit on its tail and it can just lose it. Wow. It can lose its ass and still live. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. See, y'all didn't know you were going to get such a big butt education today, did you? You didn't know any of this was going to come up, did you? Hmm. Well, let's keep going. I want to share some more. And I want you to keep listening. We are at an hour. There's actually not enough time. This movie's not very long. And I actually chose this movie for a couple reasons. One, I want to have some fun. And uh, two, I like talking about butts. And three, I think, you know, our, our fascination as a culture, society with butts is absolutely amazing. 
and as I'm looking down here, um, and I rarely do this, I usually have my phone off during these things, but I, uh, I have my phone on, and folks, I got some bad news. You know, I don't want to be the, uh, the one to tell you this, but I am. I'm going to be the one. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not the one telling you this because this is going to post tomorrow. But uh, Bob Saget has passed away, folks. Bob Saget has passed away. That man was absolutely hilarious on multiple fronts. Not only as a stand-up comic, but as, a, uh, as an actor. Uh, he just he did a great job, man. He, he filled a lot of voids. It's a, it's a terrible loss, Bob Saget. 65 years old, died in Orlando, uh, Florida. You know, and they, uh, they don't say there's any drugs or any foul play. They're just saying that uh, the, um, the veteran actor and comedian, uh, he uh, passed away at 65. Man, I tell you, you know, you, uh, that's, man, for any Bob Saget fans out there, my heart's with you. That man was funny. And uh, comedy, comedy lost someone. They lost someone good. They lost someone close. They lost someone absolutely amazing. That being the beautiful Bob Saget. You know, uh, that's fucking sucks man Whew, boy I tell you you were not gonna get out of 2022 without some losses without some deaths you're just not going to Ooh, I like this so when they hit my low it hurts Ken so when they hurt my low they hurt Ken this is very interesting are these are more than one now are there two there are two. Oh my gosh there are two and one just killed the other and now the guy who had his other butt animal, now that guy's dying? So there's, there's a connection. Milo, you gotta stop, Milo. Milo, you're not just killing another butt demon. You're killing a man, Milo. You're killing a man. Now, like a dangerous animal, like having a cheetah for a pet, do you think you could keep Milo as a pet? Do you think you could? I mean, he is, boy, he is angry. I'm gonna have, I'm questioning, questioning this movie. For sure don't watch this with your kids. I mean, this is a, uh, old, uh, old Milo is aggressive. And he's out the door, and you know where he's going. He's going to his girl. He's gonna go kill his girl. What do you do? I mean, this guy's gonna be dead. His little butt demon's dead. I can't believe they found another person with a butt demon. That is also wild. And then their butt demons fought. How crazy is that? Now the question is, is Ken faster than Milo, right? Ken, your tires have been popped, so you can't drive. So now you have to run. Now here's the question. Can you? Are you faster than a little butt demon? Do you have better cardio than a little butt demon? Are you more in shape than a little butt demon? Hmm all good questions I don't know that there's a simple answer right and I do like the fact that you know this girl's having a nice wine party she's got some people coming over he's trying to call her she of course not answering because she's entertaining she's got some friends over and now he's got to think the gym the running you know uh, if you saw a little hairless big-eyed clawed hand butt demon running down the street would you run it over with your car? Would you um, would you try to uh, you know make friends with it? Try to pick it up, take it somewhere. Hmm. Gotta wonder. 
you gotta wonder. Oh yeah, you gotta wonder what would you do? But my goodness, man, this guy is not. He's breaking his phone now. He's just running. What's the quality like? What is? What is your? This you know what you joke around. People talk about staying in shape, doing the right thing. You know, working it out. I'll tell you what, you work out for these reasons. You run around the track for these reasons. You stay inspired to work harder and do better for this reason right here, folks. Right here. You're not running from the cops. You're not running from a bad guy. You're running to a house to protect your, the woman of your life from a little demon that lives in your ass that is now running to, your, to her home where her friends and family are and he's going to eat them all. And the only thing you can do is you're covered in shit and sweat and, and, a, and a really, really probably prolapsed anus. The only thing you can do is try to beat that hairless little butt demon there to protect, to protect everyone. Run, hide, the butt demon is here. Run, hide, the butt, everyone, everyone get out. There's a butt demon. There, why would you stay outside? You gotta go inside. You gotta go inside. You gotta you gotta lock some doors. You gotta you gotta put some things up against the doors. But when you kill it, you also have to understand. Sorry, my whole face is itching. You also have to understand when you kill it, you kill Ken. So what is your life worth? What is life worth? Are you the special one? Hmm. What's going on? What's happening now? Yeah, turn the lights on. Let's see. Turn out the ooh. <laughs> She is downstairs this house, and it is a sex dungeon. I am loving this. Could you imagine being over at your parents' house? And you're like, I'm going to go hide in the basement from a butt demon. And you go downstairs, and boom. Wouldn't you know it? There's a sex swing. There's toys. Uh, there's, there's stuff on the walls. I mean, there's a camera set up. This is fucking fascinating. You got to love this. You got to love this, folks. I wouldn't split. I wouldn't. I would not separate at all. This little bastard. He is angry, and he has got so much energy. These butt demons. Let me tell you. If you're a butt demon, you have some energy. Look at oh, they've got the tiki torches. Boy, this is this is definitely 2013. You're not making this movie with tiki torches in 2020. I can tell you that right now. That ain't happening, Milo. You're a bad boy. Please stop. Now, see, now Milo has broken some wine bottles. Well, motherfucker's hungry, and he's got some extra teeth growing in. I don't think you can see, you know, this is one thing. Look at, he wants her. He's got her purse, and he wants her because he wants Ken all to himself. This is the other thing I don't think people understand. But demons are very possessive, all right? They're very, very possessive, okay? They're going to they're gonna Wilson Phillips. They're going to hold on for one more day. They are, they're going to get you, okay? And they're going to hold on, uh, you know, the, the things you don't know about, right? It's just, it's amazing, man. Okay, um, I want to I wanna share some other things with you as we're talking about this crazy butt demon, okay? Um, it's just, it's very interesting. Did you know, fun fact, anuses can have teeth, farts can be weapons, butts can be homes, an interview with fart experts. You can go to uh, uh, massivesci.com and search, I'm sure, anuses plus teeth and, you know, get whatever you need. This dude, 
Hey, dude, he's going in the garbage disposal. Just turn it on. He went in the garbage disposal. Turn it on. It'll be fun. I'm not interested in getting more about, oh, she's looking at handcuffs and there's a big dildo. A lot of stuff going on, but guess what? Little Milo, he went through not the, not the long intestine, not the short intestine. That's right. Little asshole, he went through the plumbing because he's going to get the girl. Or is he going to die? Death by Sex Toy. Boy, that'd be a great movie, wouldn't it? Death by Sex Toy. How many people do you think die from sex toys every year? All right, let's go. Let's, we've got we to look at this now. Deaths. That's why I need a producer. I, I can't afford a producer right now. Death by sex toys. But still, need a producer. Sex toy injuries surge, a surge by 50 shades when 50 shades of gray was published. Well, there you go. Toy-related deaths and injuries. Hmm, woman dies in state of arousal while using sex toy. Fox News. Love you, Fox News. Never disappoint. Teen killer was, you know, sex, death. Okay. But let's get back to this. Oh, man. We got, we got farts. We got sex toys. We got everything, right? Why butt month? Well, why not? Let's just do boom. Okay. There we go. Guess what? He gets hit and he bounces right back. I mean, this, this butt demon, he's so strong. You know, and Ken's just, he's trying to save the love of his life. She's fighting a butt demon. You've got you've to imagine his breath has to be so bad. Oh, now they're on the sex swing and he's biting her. Ooh, they broke the sex swing. Get the fuck out of here. They broke a sex swing. Ooh, you sir, Milo. Milo, you don't hit women. It's nuts and no-no. That is a no-no. Now he's knocked her out. Uh-oh. Where does he start eating her? Okay. He is... Dude, this is gonna... Oh, goodness. I wonder if it's because she's pregnant. He is really, really getting excited to, uh, to bite into this gal. And here comes the hero Ken. Yes. That's right. Sometimes you have to take on your own personal demons. But or no but. You have to take on your personal demons. And those demons include protecting the woman that you love by killing the death inside of you. It's a little weird to say it that way. In my head, as I was... As I was going through this, right, I was wondering, will that sound good? And I thought it was, but it just didn't. You have to ask, uh, how, I gotta get back to this really quick. How bad is Milo's breath? How bad do you think his little breath is? Hmm? I've gotta imagine he's got awful breath. He lives in someone's asshole, and he eats raw flesh. He's not a flosser. He's not a brusher. He's not any of that. Let's see what he can do. Oh, so you gotta distract him with the, with the, with the, oh, goodness. He just cut off his arm, and of course then it hurt Ken's arm, right? But he's got he's to he's break her legs, or his legs, Milo's legs. If he breaks his, I wonder what's going to happen if, boom, okay, there you go. Ken's dead. Milo, the butt demon, is dead. And I believe Ken's dead as well. You know, but his, uh, how do you explain that at a dinner party? What's going on? Oh, they're gonna kiss, that's sweet. You gotta love the romance. Little Milo and the romance and he's touching his heart. Will Ken go give him some love? Will he go give him a hug? He is, he's gonna hold his, his, butt, his butt demon baby. He's gonna hold him and he's gonna, he's gonna care for him, he's gonna love him and he's gonna say goodbye like a gentleman. Now that's one way, ladies, you know how to see a gentleman, right? 
You know you've seen a gentleman when all of a sudden, even the darkest people in his life he's showing love for. I mean, he's getting a scarf from one of the people at the dinner party to wrap up his little butt baby. This is just beautiful. This, this is where the romance comes in. You want to find a guy to love. You want to find a guy who's special. This is what you do. Now, of course, everyone watching, let's not kid ourselves. They're freaking the fuck out. Why? This dude is caressing a butt baby that tried to kill them all. Something that lived in his ass. And where is he going to go with it? I mean, he hurt himself. Are they going to take care of it together? Their little butt baby? You know, look at them as a kind of a couple standing there. I think this is also, if, if I were to break this down, and let's, let's break it down, right? Let's do it right. One, this is an attack on work culture. Bad Milo. Two, it's an insight into relationships and the secrets that you hide that can not only hurt yourself, but the other people around you. Three, everyone, when you have your kid and it's first born, it's ugly. You love it. Listen, my daughter was born. She was first. I thought she was the most beautiful thing in the world. I couldn't imagine a world where she wasn't the most beautiful thing. I really, I really couldn't at all. Not at all. But that doesn't mean everyone else thought she was beautiful. No way, Jose. In fact, I would argue that many people didn't think she was beautiful. And that's okay. But I'm just saying, parents, you have a kid, you always think they're beautiful. Trust me. They're not all beautiful. They're fucking ugly. It just happens. Kids, babies, they get ugly. They just do. Not everyone's pretty, all right? It's not a fair thing. I was, I was listening to this thing. This is wild, and we'll probably end on this very happy note or wild note. I was uh, reading this stuff about... Ew. Basically, what it was saying is that fat phobia, the phobia of the fat, right? Uh, that has more to do with um, racism than anything else, if you can believe that. Uh-oh. Is he going to put Milo back in his butt? Hold on. He cut his arms off. He cut his legs off. He's dropping his pants. We're, we're not closing on anything, but this right here, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Just put Milo in my butt. Now that's a relationship. In case you're wondering, folks, there is a loving, loving relationship, right? A loving relationship. If, if you, you really love someone, really love someone, will you put the butt demon that almost killed you, that they chopped arms and legs off of, that they injured, Will you put that butt demon back in their butt and then hold them, kiss them, and love them? Will you? Because I'll tell you what, if I'm this girl, first thing I'm doing is I'm finding Jesus Christ, making him my Lord and Savior. Second thing I'm doing is I'm moving and uh, I'm not telling this guy what's happening or not happening. Hell no, we won't go. Oh, fast forward. She's pregnant and he's bought himself that's right, they got a crib. He's running the corporation now. He's the big bad wolf. Oh yeah, I did. I wanted to uh, touch on that thing really quick. You know, is, is, um, is fat racist? I think that's what it was, right? The racial origins of fat phobia. There it is. Basically telling people that telling someone that they should be thinner and uh, that it's a fat phobia. 
and its racist. Fat phobia and its racist past and present. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Folks, I'm not the most in-shape person in the world. Hell, I was over 300 pounds at one point in my life. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I mean this. There is nothing phobic about people wanting you to live healthy. Now, I'm not saying you should have 1% body fat. I, there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of different things out there, right, that you can address. But just live healthy, you know? And I'm not saying you have to have six-pack abs. But to say that when people are like, you shouldn't be 900 pounds, you're right, you shouldn't be 900 pounds. Fat phobic. That's not racist. That's trying to care for someone. Now, do people carry weight differently? Absolutely they do. Should we look at different body types and should we look at the, the BMI and, and, you know, and, and change things up about where health is and where it's not? Yes, absolutely we should. 100% we should. Let me tell you, uh-oh, inside this lady, she's got a butt demon. Bad Milo ends with his pregnant wife not only having the baby in her uterus, in utero, if you will, but also having a butt baby. There you go. I'll save my uh, fat phobic conversation. Uh, actually, I have a great guest coming on. We're going to talk about that. I got an email and locked down some times with him. But uh, we'll save that for another day. And until that, folks, let me say to you all, thank you. Appreciate you all very much for listening. Love you all very much. Thanks for, uh, you know, letting me take some time off uh, to address personal things happening in my life. And um, yeah, you know, I couldn't be happier. Thank you. Get to come back solo, come back strong with this, and then we'll go from this to some guests. We'll do some more solos. 2022 is going to be a good year. I got some exciting stuff thanks to Scott and the Harry Artist. Got some other things I'm working on that are fun. I just met with the Cigar Father. This guy's legit. We're going to talk with him a little bit. We got a lot of stuff cooking, folks. Okay, so I appreciate you. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, check us out. Check out colorblind.design on Instagram uh, and also check out the hairy artist on Instagram. Give them some love and thank you once again for listening. Much love to everyone. Peace out. I almost forgot. Let's listen to my daughter sing about the first time she took a poop by herself. Perfect song for this. All right. Bye. Ya. Ooh. Mm -hmm.